And welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining me on the line is Robert Larson. He's coming to us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. Um, so we have an update. An undercover drug sting at a public school in Temecula. We talked about this a while back. It ensnared an autistic kid that basically didn't know exactly what he was doing. And now there's a finally blowback for this uh, undercover police raid, and rightfully so. Yeah, these uh, undercover drug operations at high school have always been, at least to me, a little bit dubious. And uh, yeah, this, this is a good illustration of that. Now, we talked about this story probably was a year or so ago when it first broke about uh, one of the, there was at the time it was an operation of four high schools in the Temecula Murrieta area and there was one kid who basically if you read the story with any type of an open mind you would have to think that it if not totally on a legal technical sense on a common sense level this kid was entrapped and uh, basically was pushed and talked into selling this undercover person a small amount of marijuana. And the, the kid was autistic and he had really poor social skills, didn't have a lot of friends, and he just wanted to please people, wanted to be friendly with this undercover officer, and but kind of knew it was bad to sell drugs, but he kept being pushed into it and finally sold him a little bit of marijuana and then he was arrested and thrown in jail and completely traumatized by it and the parents were incensed and have since filed a lawsuit against the school district and against the uh, county. I think the this suit against the county has been dismissed but it's uh, the suit against the school district is standing. But um, what is now going on is that the uh, Riverside County Sheriff's Department has said that they're going to stop these these types of operations, these undercover drug operations at local high schools and they're saying they're not saying that it has anything to do with this lawsuit but um i find that hard to believe <laughs> yeah. I, you know I, I think they're they're very they very much don't want to get involved in this and there's been quite a bit of backlash and it's not just the parents of this one particular autistic kid it's a lot of other parents are upset about it and the article I read about this in the uh, Press Enterprise, it kind of went into a little bit of history on this and talk about, talked about this kind of thing started with the LAPD back in the 70s. They were doing it at uh, school districts there in, in LA. And what the, the district officials there noticed that there were an increasing number of uh, students who were in special education that were being arrested, like this this kid, the autistic kid out here in Temecula, and that they were being arrested for selling just small amounts of marijuana, and they were the school district itself said, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right, that we're going to all this trouble and all we're getting is small marijuana deals, and you it seems like you're targeting special ed kids. And uh, that they, and if you ask me personally, I'm thinking, yeah, well, the average kid, high school kids, got a little bit of uh, 
he's a little bit savvy and he's gonna with somebody weird they don't really know well keeps trying to get them to sell them drugs they're gonna be suspicious but a kid who's maybe autistic maybe mentally challenged in some other way has poor social skills is going to be like not is able to resist this as well and so it just seems like you're just you're just victimizing kids who are already having a hard time yeah, and they don't have the, as you were saying, the social skills to identify what exactly is happening, and and this is not something a normal person that wants to be your friend would ask. Right, and so I'm thinking, um, you know, sure there are problems with kids doing drugs. It's it's not something we should just take lightly. But I, these undercover operations at high schools, I don't think, are necessarily the best way to go, and uh, it's just creating more problems. I think, and just need better education and just let kids know about the dangers of drugs. Yeah. I've just, when you said that now I'm picturing like McGruff, the crime dog without his trench coat flashing kids. I, I have a horrible <laughs> imagination. Um, so in Paris, um, a guy is standing outside his girlfriend's house. He gets shot in a drive by shooting. Turns out it's not gang activity. It was a hit. And this hit involves a, quote, a romantic relationship. This sounds like truly it's an Inland Empire story. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's really weird because uh, the girl, she's 20 years old, and her boyfriend, he's 24, and he, they have a kid together. So he, he was stopped out in front of her house, and he gets shot. Um, I guess there were four, I think, four shots fired. And so at the moment, you know, people call the police and everything, and everyone thinks, well, it's some kind of drug deal gone bad, blah, blah, blah. And... Um, He's taken to the hospital. He survives. He's going to be okay. Um, the girlfriend is questioned by police. At first, they're not suspicious of her in any way. And then they get her to agree to let them look at her cell phone. And they find text messages she sent to this other person asking him to do something to her boyfriend. And um, so... They started. The police started questioning her, and now she's she's being accused, and she's actually um, um, being accused of conspiracy to commit murder. And so, supposedly, she contacted this guy, told him she wanted something done to her boyfriend. The thinking by the police, and I think of the 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 guy who is that no, she wanted him to shoot the boyfriend. She's saying, no, I didn't want you to shoot him. I just wanted you to beat him up. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, that's not quite as bad, but that's still bad. Uh, yeah. But And then she's now saying that her boyfriend was like abusive and that he was very controlling and he would pull a gun on her and not let her go out and see friends. So it's, it, if that's true, yeah, it sounds like the boyfriend was not a real prince of a guy and... Uh, but did he deserve to be shot? I don't think so. Uh, you know, and uh, the girl couldn't think of another way to deal with this, and that she couldn't go to the police if the boyfriend was kind of holding her against her will at times. So the other thing that's really weird about it that you alluded to is that um, she actually—it's like according to the text messages, she was like hiring this guy to harm her boyfriend, and but she wasn't going to pay him. In cash, they worded it in the article I read that he was going to be paid with a romantic relationship. 
<laughs> so does that mean what? Okay, if you shoot him, I'll be your girlfriend. Or does that mean is it just for sex or what? It just it sounds really weird and sketchy. What's funny is I wonder if the reporter knows that his uh, newspaper is not regulated by the FCC. If he, you know, he could say she ever he or she or whoever's writing the story could say she was a whoring it out or i mean come on <laughs> yeah this will uh yeah one uh one week of sex for this hit you know yeah um but it, it doesn't uh yeah i don't know it's it's, it's very bizarre and so uh, this will be interesting to see how this uh plays out she has pleaded not guilty but uh she's being held in lieu of by $1 million. That's a heavy bond. I was yeah, going to so, ask, though, is she not guilty, or did she plead not guilty, or not guilty? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the other thing, too, is I wonder if the the woman knew that police need a warrant now to search your phone. You don't just hand it over, you moron. Well, right, I know, and especially when you seem like when you have something like that to hide. And the thing is, I think also... They're saying the text messages, the incriminating text messages were in Spanish, and maybe she's just really that dumb and thinks that the police couldn't hire translators. Or that no one on the police for, for spoke Spanish. That's, oh, good yeah, God. right. Or, or, uh, or they I, wouldn't think to ask a neighboring department if no one spoke Spanish in that department. Or Yeah, that's crazy. It's sort of like, uh, obviously, the girl is, is bilingual and is just like, well, but if I just do my texts in Spanish... I'll be covered. I, you know, just Portuguese. Like, they will. They'll never figure that out. Or, you know. Yeah, I think she should have gone with like Navajo or something. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, so, in a roadside cafe in um, Cabazon, is that how you pronounce that? Cabazon. Cabazon, and um, it's slated to be torn down. And this cafe has kind of a pretty historic um, history to it, and it's got dinosaurs there too. Yeah, uh, this is uh, an interesting story. Uh, Cabazon is, um, it's off the 10 freeway. Um, if you're heading out from my area of the Inland Empire, you you make your way to the the 10 freeway. You know, you either get there by the 215 or however you get there. But uh, yeah, and then before, it's like right before you get to Palm Springs is where Cabazon is. So it's, it's the desert, but it's not as far out there as Palm Springs. And uh, Cabazon is known for there's the Morongo Casino out there. It's the Cabazon, uh, the, the the Indians there, uh, the reservation, and then there's a there's an outlet mall and all. But the the thing that's been like made uh, Cabazon famous to people like me is that they have these gigantic dinosaur statues on the side of the freeway, and when you you drive on that stretch of the freeway, you can't miss them, and it, they're really impressive the owner of the land or just thought he wanted to put these big dinosaur statues up there the first one he put up in the 60s the second one in the 80s one's a tyrannosaurus rex and one is a, a patasaurus i think you pronounce it It looks kind of like a brontosaurus but uh these things are huge they're larger than actual size dinosaurs uh anyway they but so it's this roadside kitsch uh, dingbat art type stuff which I love. And anyway, it was featured in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which was the Pee-wee Herman movie in the, in 1985. So during his adventures, he stops at this uh, 
area where these dinosaurs are and where there's also a little cafe called the Wheel Inn, which is one of those typical sort of roadside cafes that has the big sign that just says, eat. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is always like, okay, that's a little weird and questionable. But it, they always have just that hearty kind of comfort food. But the place was quite famous for its uh, peanut butter cream pie. I never had it, I, but I've heard it's great. So uh, this cafe, you know, featured in the movie. It was also featured in the video for the big hit song everybody wants to rule the world remember tears for fears no that was um a little bit before my time i i really didn't keep track of a lot of 80s pop i just okay well i mean it's a huge song it was a number one hit song everybody wants to rule the world but anyways they had a video oh and was... now i yeah now i know it everybody, yeah okay i yeah. 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 So big, big hit song. Anyway, they shot a video that had one little bit that was in the cafe there in the, the Wheel Inn. So the Wheel Inn was closed in 2013 because the, it was costing them a lot of money to keep up the property. I guess it was kind of old and uh, just a lot of repairs and things. And so the owner wants to reopen it, but he can't really afford it. it it's so expensive to keep it up. And since it's been um closed vandals have gotten in and homeless people and people are stealing stuff stealing the copper tubing and it looks kind of sad and it's unlikely that it'll reopen he says the you know the property is just worth more without a building there so uh i don't know if there's going to be a save the wheel in campaign and people can donate money but other than that it's it, it's very likely they're going to demolish it and uh so it might be a thing that you'd want to go and stop by and see before it gets torn down and again it like it was featured in this video and this movie and it's uh there's the classic scene in, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he's, he stops there and then he needs a ride and he has a trucker pick him up and uh, she's this female truck driver and she's kind of an older lady and she tells him that she's known as Large Marge and she starts acting very creepy and he gets freaked out and he jumps out of the truck and then you know later someone tells him large march he's been dead for 10 years kind of thing and so you know you were just riding with a ghost um so it's a real funny scene and it's it's really cool that it was shot out there and uh it'll be sad if the wheel in is uh, demolished yeah just talking about peewee's playhouse i i have to see it's one of those shows where my parents were very conservative and they didn't allow me to watch that kind of thing but knowing that Paul Rubin, the actor that played Pee-wee, had his roots in the L.A. punk scene, I, I need to see it. Yeah, he did some great stuff. I loved that show and and the movies, especially the first one, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And um, the dinosaurs, though, they're they're really cool. And there's no talk of tearing down the dinosaurs. And they're oh, that's good. They're quite worth seeing. You can actually climb. One of the dinosaurs has like a gift shop inside of the the dinosaur's body. I think I was there as a small child. This, yeah, now I'm starting it, to it's starting to come back to me. Yeah, and and it's I mean they're and they're huge. They're really huge. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, it, those the, kinds of things are disappearing. So see them while you can. Yeah, from the description you're telling me, I'm surprised it wasn't in National Lampoon's Vacation, 1983. 
Um, anyways, uh, Robert Larson, he comes to us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Your hostess was actually on the other side of the Cleveland National Forest just last night. But I'm back, and we'll talk about our adventure probably next week. And um, Robert, thanks as always for being on the show, and, and have a great morning, and thanks for being on the Heather McCoy Show. Thank you. And of course, you are listening to the Heather McCoy Show.